there's my best friend Jack begging me to make this documentary about his life. Some people hate the way they sound, they hate the way they look. No, it doesn't bother me. Oh, by the way, he has a brain tumor. Basically, the news that I got was that I was terminal. I had one doctor told me I'd be dead in six months. They cut, see, from the center of the head, and they went up around here, and they went in front of the ear. A big chunk of my brain is gone. The tumor has increased somewhat. You want the whole thing on tape? Yeah, completely. Why? That's insane. We all die at some point. It has to deal with knowing it's going to happen and how you live your life and how you try to accept that death is going to get you. I just got home one day after work and he was like, I quit my job. I'm left with this. Could we have at least discussed it? My God. You are choosing the day that you want to die. And that allows people to die with dignity. I believe he is constructing some sort of delusion around the myth of Jack Tuller. Oh my God, that's the house. Joining us today on Moving Radio is director and cinematographer Bradley Berman. We're going to be talking about the documentary film, Jack Has a Plan. It's screening as part of Cuff Docs on Saturday, November 26th at 12 p.m. at the Globe Cinema in Calgary. Bradley, welcome to Moving Radio. Thank you, Christian. It's great to be here. Hey, we're really glad to have you here. I don't know that in any way whatsoever I could do what this film is about and what it deals with justice in any way. But Jack Has a Plan is about your friend, Jack Tuller, who had a terminal brain tumor for 25 years when he decides to end his life. And this is all about you and his friends and his family uh, struggling to accept that decision. But before maybe we talk about the film in detail, can you take us back to the beginning of your relationship, which you kind of do at the beginning of the film as well, and then track it throughout, but about how you felt about this request and and him asking you to kind of record this process, knowing what the end game was supposed to be. I knew Jack for 25 years. And, you know, when you describe the plot of the film and you say, oh, the guy had a terminal brain tumor and he was given six months to live when he was 32 years old. It sounds really dire, right? It's like, what's more horrific than that? But the film is, I think, more of a comedy than a tragedy. I mean, if you, you know, by the textbook dramatic terms, because Jack got exactly what he want. Like when, when you go through decades of familiarity and being sort of on the threshold and knowing that you know, you're you're reminded of your mortality, uh, the shock of it, like everything else in life, you know, you get used to it. And he was just such like you would think that would make somebody feel like just depressed or they would be a bummer to be around. But it was kind of liberating for him in a weird way. And he was just such an upbeat person. You know, I you know, like order something at a restaurant and don't get what I want. And I'm upset for the rest of the day. He was, you know, dealing with matters of his own mortality all the time. And he was just completely upbeat. How do you explain that? Uh, you know, I, I met him such a long time ago. We were friends for so long. He was the best man at my wedding. I just loved the guy. He was just a pleasure to be with all the time that when he reached a certain point where he where his health started to decline. I mean, he always had these kind of hidden ailments like ringing in the ears, never complained about it, like double vision, like kind of weird, like they had weird sort of personality things that changed as a result of this slow growing brain tumor in his head. Like he sort of lacked ambition. Um, 
lacked inhibition sometimes he would just blurt things out he you know he wasn't crazy he wasn't running around you know naked but he was he was just very direct and honest and it was all very refreshing so when he reached a point in 2016 where he's his health started to decline in different ways that were compromised to him he asked me to start recording uh his thoughts about this crazy journey he was on and some of the things he still wanted to do, like make sort of come to terms with certain family relationships, which is, which is a common thing for people who are facing the the inevitable, their their demise. So I'll, I'll stop there. But it was like, I never really thought of it as a task or something to be freaked out about. It was just more of an opportunity to be with him and and just lend my ear to whatever he wanted to talk about. That's where I think the film kind of succeeds in so many ways, because, you know, if you're talking about Jack in this film, who is someone who chooses to end their life in reality, not just like in context of the film, it sounds so weird sometimes because, uh, you know, he's a living, breathing human being at this point in time. Right. Yeah. Um, but just to have to make that choice is already difficult enough. So just in that regard, I think you could have had enough of a story of just how to deal with that and what's the process behind it. And, and it takes so much more into consideration than just necessarily your quality of life. Although obviously that's a huge one. So I know you kind of alluded to some of it. I only want you to give away as much as you want to, but um, talk to us a little bit about through some of these either unresolved issues or, you know, some of the things that Jack has to grapple with, throughout that, you know, that process of deciding to go through with it and to, you know, look towards, hey, how can I actually uh, end my life peacefully? What's been fascinating in going to film festivals around the country and now taking it to Canada, um, but is how audiences respond and, and and just learning even more about the story after it's you know years in the past seeing how people respond to it and what i've one of the things i've learned is that it was never really a tough decision for him as crazy as that sounds i mean it was tough at the end when like you actually have to uh you know we're talking about basically medical aid and dying right so you know he he, his health was getting to the point where he made the decision to choose a date of when he would pass and a, a, a day and a time. And he threw himself a, a final farewell going away party with friends. And see, this is where how people, if you ask them, and I'm sure you've, I, I'm, I'm guessing that you would feel the same way. People want to die at, if they have to die. Every all and all of us do. They want to die at home, surrounded by their loved ones, and they want the opportunity to be able to tell them that that, that you love them and receive their love back and have a a good death. Like before this, I made this film, and before I encountered Jack, I just thought death equals bad all deaths are bad because nobody wants to die but that's not the case the case is there are good deaths and there are bad deaths for some people it's not for, you know obviously it's not for everybody and it doesn't make sense for the vast majority of the people but for some people the ability to have medication that helps you in passing in the states you need to be I should say in the 10 states that allow it in the U.S. 
In 40 states, it's not allowed, okay? So no matter how much you're suffering towards the end, you need to suffer as long as you're going to suffer. But in, for the states, if you two doctors say that you have less than six months to live and that you're of sound mind and you are able to administer the medicine, the cocktail yourself, then you can choose this specific date. And that's incredibly empowering for people. I've met count, uh, you know, dozens, or I don't know how many people, do, at least dozens of people in showing the film and, 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 um, and in networking as a result that tell me that when they got that medication, and not everybody uses it when they get it, but when they got that me medication, that's when they felt free and that they were, they were really living. Before that, it was just all about fear. And Jack demonstrated, he was just a courageous person. He demonstrated that you can approach this in a way that without fear and with love in your heart. We're talking today on Moving Radio with Bradley Berman. The film we're discussing is the documentary called Jack Has a Planet. Screens is part of Cuff Docs. That's the Calgary Underground Film Festival documentary uh, festival. And that is on Saturday, November 26th at 12 p.m. at the Glow Cinema in Calgary. You know, we kind of alluded to it already, and, and even Canada is kind of struggling. Like, it's not something that is uh, widely accepted across the country, and it's something that's discussed, too. This The dynamics of, of California's 2016 uh, End of Life Options Act that you kind of look at through the lens of Jack's decision. Can you discuss the kind of balance that you have to strike with putting a face to the issue and then also the representation of an honorable death that he's looking for? The balance was really not that hard because we weren't trying to make a advocacy film we it was just a story it's one person's story it's like having the kind of the compassion if you will to just like f listen to what one person wants and let the bigger issues take care of themselves right now the fact is that it wasn't that all of us had to rally, like rally behind Jack to help him through this decision. He knew what he wanted. He was helping all of us. It's the family and friends who don't want a loved one to go that often can be the biggest issue. Like th that's, that's where the tension lies in the film. And I didn't want him to go. It's just amazing to see someone on the precipice like this. And it's like, you know that they're minutes away and you don't want them to go. And he was, okay, let's be clear about something. He like, unlike other films on this topic, you never see him hooked up to a machine. He doesn't, he has mental, he refused chemo late in life. So that he, like, it, this is not a medical film. It's not dire. It's much more about family relationships, right? And so- like the, the balance that we had to strike was sort of having two thoughts in your head at the same time or two feelings. The one feeling is that you don't want this person to pass. You don't want them to go. You don't want to be deprived of their of their of their presence and their friendship. And then the other the other factor is it's up to them. Like they get to like sovereignty and freedom. We talk a lot, at least in America, about freedom. Well, come on, like this is the ultimate freedom that somebody should have to determine how they exit life stage, right? Like we don't get to decide how we're born, how we come into the world, but we should at least be able to decide how we how we leave, right? So it's just the the balance was 
at least in terms of the filmmaking and the 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 narrative treatment is 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 in giving full voice to this our circle of those in our circle of friends who were adamantly against it and others who were just purely supportive that therein lies the tension i think this is very much some people would maybe want to try to politicize the idea of of that kind of assisted suicide uh, or at least a, 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 you know, a respectful terminal end to your life. But I, I think you're right in that I love the fact that this was really a film that was much more intimate and was about uh, the person as opposed to the idea, right? Which people will automatically become polarized about and want to take sides. So I can only imagine for yourself, like just how difficult the process was. I mean, of course, it's, it's hard for Jack, but you are trying to craft a picture of what his life was like, where it is now, and how it's going to end. So how do you negotiate that kind of project when not only do you have to live it and shoot it, but then what's all done, like now you got to go through and edit it, and then you're going to take it out on the road, and you're going to see it again and again. Do you know what I mean? And you're going to end up talking about it. Were you prepared for all of that? And has it also maybe become much more of a blessing than a burden in some ways. Oh, it's a total, it's a gift. I mean, like, first of all, just so the, the listeners know, yeah. um, Jack asked me to do this, okay? He he knew I had a background in filmmaking and other, you know, creative projects. So he asked me to to create a, a, a document to do, and to present it to people. He wanted to leave a legacy. And now it's, and he's also, he's also like a, he was an artist and a and a performer, a good, uh, musician. He was kind of a performer, an exhibitionist. You know, it's just like he just liked being in front of people. He loved people. He loved entertaining people. And now posthumously, it's amazing to see him on the big screen. And people do like he's just the most lovable and likable person you would ever want to meet. He dances through the film and he like he goes through. I don't want to give away too much of the of the um, a big chunk of the film is about family relationships and he was estranged from his parents and for many years and, and what happens when he tries to deal with that it's like not this dire thing about a, a film about taking you know this like even the word it's not about suicide he didn't think of it as suicide it, it's it's in fact not suicide and and every single sense of the term it's about gratitude and appreciation and reconciling with some i mean one of the things that's like this intense scene that you probably remember. And again, I don't want to give it away, but when he's like, he searches down his mother who he was estranged from for 25 years. And sometimes no matter what you do, you're not going to get what you want in terms of family relationships. So it's just extraordinary to like, the thing that was a true gift was being able to witness that. Like I'm a, I'm, a middle-aged guy, I'm healthy. I've hopefully decades, many decades left, but I've already, I already feel like he's equipped me with the ability to understand what I will one day face when I face my own mortality. And the audiences have been incredible. People laugh throughout the movie. They do cry as well. They cheer at least one time, if not more than once, when some good news comes. And so... 
it's like he the, the gift that he gave in sharing his story, and it was really my job just to kind of get out of the way and make sure the story got told. The gift is like what I just said, like now I feel empowered and understand these issues. And everybody that watches the movie comes away from it with a little bit more of a spring in their step and a little bit more of a deeper understanding of, of these things. So I didn't know, the, to answer your question, I didn't know that that's what was going to happen when I went in. When I went into it, I'm just like, well, I don't know how much longer Jack's going to be around. Here's a good excuse to hang out for an afternoon. And if you know, maybe I wouldn't stop doing what I was doing if we were working on this project. But instead, we collaborated on this project and it resulted in something that's like that's resonating for people. Yeah. And I, and I think what you've mentioned several times, too, is that as much as you get to know who Jack is a person through watching this film, I think the other part that you've done really well, Bradley, is and, and it's kind of a responsibility on you is to make a film that represents him his personality his life not just in the way that you know oh you've interviewed him so he's giving that but in the way you edit it together uh tonally how it works because we know that in some ways you have to kind of look past even you know your own feelings about it and you have to be like more than anything else this has to represent my friend jack and if he is this then that's how it's got to feel how did you approach that was there ever any times where you kind of weren't sure you were nailing uh, who he was at moments, because maybe sometimes emotionally you're connected to the material, or did you feel like because our relationship was so close, it was easy that just kind of flowed out of me. And when I'm in sitting in the editing bay, this feels like Jack. In terms of the tone, I knew I wanted something that was upbeat, that would that had humor, that you know, you know, you, you feel the sadness, which part of it is sad more if you just laughed a second ago so i wanted the, the the soundtrack jack was a big jazz guy he loved he was like in new wave and rock bands when he was a young guy he he produced music videos for hip-hop artists so he was a creative guy and he was funny and so i wanted that same tone to come through but a big shout out to producer chris metzler to editors uh quinn costello and byron thompson because there's no way I could have done this on my own. I mean, I, I've made previous films, but, you know, and people talk about it being a collaborative art form. I really felt it on this one. Like those guys, they stuck to their guns. Like I, basically to give you a bit of a rundown, when Jack passed away, I didn't touch the footage for a whole year. I just couldn't bear to look at it. And then on the year anniversary, I said, okay, I'm ready to start playing with it. And I spent a good portion of a year just editing by myself. That was like kind of grieving and editing. And of you know what it's like when you edit, you're just like playing the same conversations over and over and over and over again and cutting it down. Like I've heard every conversation 30 times that we had during the course of three years. And so that was pretty intense, but I got to a point where it was a long bloated rough cut and then fortunately, I knew Chris Metzler, who's a very accomplished uh, documentary filmmaker, and he was able to kind of bring it to like through a, a network of other people in the San Francisco Bay Area that are skilled and just tell me like, dude, like that's no, that that scene can't be in it or this scene that doesn't make any sense. It was funny to you, but it's not funny to anybody else. So it was really important to to just listen to smart storytellers 
you know, the, the film moves along at a good clip. Like that's a, just a pet peeve I have of a lot of documentaries, especially uh, personal docs is, you know, they can just drift off into, they're too slow, you know, like, like I, we wanted this to be engaging, to move fast, to have a nice fun score to it. I, I knew what the tone was. I knew what the critical scenes were, but it was really the whole team that was able to come together to, to turn it into a real movie. I can only imagine in taking this out, like I said, kind of the, the final layer of being with the film is talking to people like myself and, and watching it with audiences or talking to audiences after. So, you know, for me, I kind of told you before we started recording, I was like, you know, I've been through my own kind of thing where I got sick and, you know, I was in a coma for like six months in ICU wow. and it was a six month recovery before I was even back home. And then all these kind of things. So for me, there was like connections in different ways, even though I wasn't necessarily in Jack's situation, but it, it struck different chords in me that I could really empathize with and that uh, I thought were executed beautifully. How's been your connection with the audiences for a film like this when you're showing it to people that maybe have zero context for Jack? They're finding their own meaning. How have audiences been with you in the film? It's been very meaningful. I don't know how else to say it. Like just the conversations that happen afterwards. And and just like you just, Christian, you just mentioned that you've been through something. Everybody's been through something. If it hasn't been them, it's been, oh, my mom, my uncle, my daughter, like my close friend, everybody. This is universal stuff. But what's really been remarkable is I've discovered, and I there's no way I would have known this before, there's a movement underway. It's a movement. Some people call it death positivity. Some people call it death literacy. It's, it's a movement to reimagine what it means to have a good end of life experience. There are professions, whole industry sort of death doulas. Like the people know what a birth doula is, but a death doula is similar. They help you and the family through the whole process. And it doesn't have to be a tragedy. It could be a celebration of, of the person. It could be almost like a way to, like, to handle gr the grieving process while the person is still around. Not, I mean, grieving sounds sad, but it actually reduces the grieving process if you could all come to terms with this and have a plan ahead of time. So what's been fascinating to, to me is in networking with palliative care people and hospice folks and, and it, every aspect of the death experience, there's somebody, there's, there's thousands and thousands of people who are, who are artists and thinkers and policy makers and, uh, you know, we kind of lost the art of dying in North America, right? We we think we want to live forever. We think we're never going to die. We're very concerned about beauty and longevity. And sure, everybody wants that. But what's starting to happen in these conversations, and this is like why Jack wanted the movie to be made. He wanted to break down the taboo. He was so comfortable. I mean, listen, if you've if you're essentially terminal for 25 years, that taboo is long gone. So he's the perfect guide. He's a perfect, fun, cordial, good, great, you know, person just to guide you through this whole process, not in a pedantic way, but just in a way that shows how you can be honest and open and accepting. So that that's been 
the, 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 it's been a totally rewarding experience to, to engage with audiences and just, and even some of the emails I get, cause people go to jackdocumentary.com afterwards and they say that they saw the movie and some of the things that they've gone through. And it's just really meaningful for them. And one person at a time, man, like every person that sees it and, and has a little bit of a different light, lighter experience, um, mission accomplished. Yeah. And I guess the ultimate tribute at this point in time is yes, about his life and who he was, but that even now uh, when he's no longer with us, that he's able to affect people and to create that conversation and to have people empathize with someone else who may be in that situation. So I think that's the true real legacy, um, not only his life, but you know, how other people are seeing things differently through his eyes. Absolutely. Our guest today on Moving Radio has been Bradley Berman, director, cinematographer for the documentary Jack Has a Plan. It screens as part of Cuff Docs on Saturday, November 26th at 12 p.m. at the Globe Cinema in Calgary. Bradley, uh, there may be some people that are listening to this post-screening, or maybe they're not going to have a chance to get to see this. I know that it's not something that's going to be easily accessible in theaters yet at this point because it's a... or or streaming yet because it's kind of doing festival runs. So maybe just tell people how they can connect with the film uh, if they're very intrigued about this and maybe want to know more later on so they can find the film. Uh, The website is www.jackdocumentary.com. There's a Facebook page, facebook.com slash jackdocumentary. And just reach out to me that way. Um, You're absolutely right. We're on our festival run. You know, it's, it's a chat documentary filmmaking and distribution is a challenge and especially a story that on the on face on the on its face is about death you know we're going to do what we can to get it out there it's we would love it to be seen by millions and millions of people but regardless we will make it available as widely as we can and again, if people are interested, just reach out to one of those two places and I'll do what I can to let them know where, which other festivals it's going to be out. And we're building a mailing list so that when it's time to, to release it and people want to know, we'll make sure that they get that info. There you go. So if you can't make it out to Cuff Docs in Calgary on November 26th on Saturday at noon, uh, that's another way to connect. Bradley, So thank you so much for the film. Uh, this beautiful portrait to your friend, um, but also just all the incredibly heavy ideas that you're dealing with and the fact that this film is about facing death. It's a, it's a pretty bold choice to make this and to put it out there in the public. And we just appreciate that you took the time to do it and especially this tribute to your friend Jack's life. Thank you so much. And a giant thanks to Cuff Docs Film Festival. Everybody should go out. It's an incredible lineup of movies they have and we're really happy that we're included so go out and catch jack has a plan but stay for a lot of the other movies they're showing as well